0: What's up, my Gs? Welcome back to the podcast. Each and every episode is brought to you by All I Need. We got some brand new t-shirts up on the All I Need site. I haven't posted these anywhere. You guys are getting the first look at them. So if you head to allineedskate.com, there is a shop right there, and you can check out these brand new tees. These t-shirts are for sale now. This is a pre-book, so if you place your order now, you will get them July 15th. That's when they will ship to you. We got four new t-shirts. We got the Defenders of the Deep Tee. We got the Built the Last t-shirt, the American Legends t-shirt, and the Fly High Tee. This is all brand new art. It's Each shirt has a left chest print and a full back print as well. There's four different colors, four different designs. Again, you can pre-book your shirt now at allineedskate.com. These are hands down the best t-shirts you will ever own. On July 10th, we will be throwing a skate jam at Uxbridge, Mass Skate Park. This is the All I Need Summer Jam Skate Contest. You can sign up at allineedskate.com, lock in your spot. If you sign up online, and lock in your spot. It saves us some time on the day of the event because then we already have you signed up and we can get right to the epic skateboarding. There's going to be three divisions. We will have a beginner's division. We will also have a 35 and over division. And we will have an advanced division. I reached out to Brandon Westgate to tell him to come by the event. I also heard Clyde Singleton might roll to the contest. And I hit up Donnie Barley myself and asked him to come. So hopefully these guys will all show up. That would be epic. It is sponsored by All I Need, World Industries, and Vulture Crew. The contest is $50 to sign up. All that money goes directly back to the skate park to build more ramps. So if you come, sign up, pay that $50, that money goes directly back into supporting the skate park and building it up. You are the one who's helping build that park with your shredding support Uxbridge Skate Park, and join in on the epic skate jams, maybe win some prizes, head to allineedskate.com, lock in your spot right there, and I'll see you guys on July 10th. I will be there. I will be the man on the microphone. Also, when you're on the site, make sure to check out all our skateboards. We got banners, we got shorts, tons of different t-shirts, all types of epic goodies right there on the All I Need Skate site allineedskate.com. This episode is brought to you by Manscape. Summer's coming. Are you ready to unveil your beach bod? <laughs> I know I am. Hairy chest, all that stuff. Hairy shoulders, hairy arms. Never uncomfortable at the beach, ever. <laughs> You're in luck. Our friends at Manscaped just launched their fourth generation performance package, which includes the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that, right? The 4.0, compliment your dad bod or six pack, with a trim from the leaders in male grooming. The sun is shining and calling your name, fellas. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscape and get ready for Hawkeye summer by going to manscaped.com for your 20% off plus free shipping with the code A-I-N. Again, these shoulders, I need to shave them. These arms, not gonna shave them. Just gotta deal with that shit. Uh, the nuts, I need to shave them. I'm a hairy man. A lot of testosterone, shit just grows like crazy. Grows everywhere on my body, except where I wish it would grow. Cruel prank? Possibly, yes. Who knows? But I have no problem producing hair. Just up here is the problem. Everywhere else? Not a problem. Thank God I got my Manscaped. Check it out. They just recently sent me the Weed Whacker, which is hilarious. This is electric nose and ear hair trimmer, which I'm excited for, because usually I'm sitting here plucking the hairs off the top of my ears because I'm a goddamn caveman. Or sitting here going, oh, ripping out nose hairs like I'm a goddamn savage. Just got to go wash my hands. Jesus Christ, dude. But yeah, now I got the weed whacker, so none of that. If you get one, make sure to use the promo code AIN, save 20%, and get free shipping. And let me know what you think of this thing. I'm excited to use it. Let's open it. Oh, God, the packaging. Here's a close-up of what the weed whacker looks like. Oh, man, live performance right here. Oh, dude. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, I can hear it working. I can hear- Oh, my God. Doesn't hurt at all. I just got my nose hairs everywhere. <laughs> Dang. I feel like I can breathe now. You hear that? Nothing in there the air is just going in and out. There's no hair in the way anymore. Also, just so you can see, this is the lawnmower 4.0. Again, this just came in the mail, so I'm excited to uh, use it. I've been using the 3.0, which works awesome. And this has some updates to it. A Little different shape. Looks a little sleeker. Let's see what it says. This trimmer is insane, and dare I say the GOAT of all ball trimmers. Yeah, I said it. This fourth generation trimmer Features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on-off switch which engage a travel lock and gives you the ability to turn the 4,000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Did I mention the trimmer is waterproof too? In the shower or in the wild? And from your chest pubes all the way down to your ball fro, the Lawnmower 4.0 is the best trimmer for you. And again, my call to action is get 20% off plus free shipping with the code AIN at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code AIN at manscaped.com. This episode is also brought to you by World Industries. Please check out worldindustries.com. The online store is going away. We are going to shut up the online store and sell direct to retailers. But while it's still up there, head to worldindustries.com and we have t-shirts, we have skateboards, all types of goodies up there that you can cop. Um, Tons of Flame Boy, Wet Willie stuff, two of my favorites. Um, Kevin Clem Pro Model, bunch of epic stickers. There's uh, videos up there, all types of goodies at worldindustries.com. If you support any of these sponsors, it directly helps this show and helps the All I Need movement. And you are the shit if you do. If you are listening to the audio or if you just want to help support the podcast, go to the iTunes Store and rate and review this podcast. That'll help us out. Make sure you do. Today's episode is with my friend, Nick Matlin. Nick is a skater skater. I've seen him over the years just constantly killing it with the quick feet, the tech tricks, just non-stop, man. Today we sat down to catch up and talk about his roots in Florida, talk about skating for brands, starting some brands like Paradise Wheels, skating for Santa Cruz, and later becoming the team manager for Santa Cruz. Um, Yeah, this was an awesome conversation and Nick is one of my favorites, man. And I believe he just put out a part not that long, long ago. He's forty-two years old, putting out parts with NBDs for him tricks he's never done, and they're tech-ass tricks, man. He's still on fire, and he's just a genuine epic human, man. This was really fun. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I will catch you on the flip side. Cheer, cheer, cheer. All I need, Majis. What's up, Nick?
1: Shit, just chilling.
0: Dude, stoked. I was a little late today, but <laughs> thanks for being Oh, it's patience. all good? <laughs> yeah, man. Um, yeah, um, I, ha- I was- we were just talking about dogs off air, but um, I got Emma and I got Elwood. I got two dogs, small dogs. Yeah. Um, Emma's a Boston Terrier mixed with like a Chihuahua, and you were saying you had a Pitbull,
1: right? Yeah, I have a Pitbull Chihuahua.
0: That's awesome, yeah. She's adorable, dude.
1: Yeah, she's really cool. She's like almost nine years old now.
0: Is that your only dog you've ever had, or did you have, like, family dogs and stuff? Oh, no, we had
1: family dogs. But nice. she's, like, the first dog that me and my wife ever got together.
0: Oh, yeah, dude. I know that. I had my Amber. We used to have a Beagle. That was our first, like, me and my ladies first dog together.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, that that's awesome. Um, yeah, so I guess how we'll start this off, like I was saying, is uh, maybe, like, give me an introduction to how you got into skating. So, uh-oh.
1: No, don't put <laughs> Uh, let me take that away from her before she gets too
0: crazy. That'd be hilarious. It's just like squeak squeak. I've had Elwood do that oh, all the time.
1: Totally. She <laughs> <laughs> was sleeping till we started talking. Oh, sick. Now she's ready to play, dude. Yeah. No, uh, so my parents own a pet store. I'm from the like, uh, small town called Newport Ritchie, Florida. Okay, you are, so people are telling me you're from Florida. Yeah, it's like uh 40 minutes from Tampa. It's like the town's really shitty. It's like a lot of drug problems and like it's bad. Yeah, you know, a little ghetto like beach town.
0: Oh yeah. We got them you up know. here in Massachusetts, man. Not not so much I get not so much beach town, but we have some spots.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's this is it. it's got its moments. But uh <laughs> so it's like the same town Mike McGill's from. Oh sick. So I think it was like the summer of 87. My parents had a pet store in the same plaza that Mike McGill skate shop was in.
0: That's so wild. Like a pet store. Like, what are we talking? What oh, do we they, have-
1: they, they had like birds. They were like exotic birds pretty much <laughs> sick. And, uh, I you know, like when your parents own a business in the summer, you go to work with them. Yeah. You know? So, uh, there's just a big crowd in the parking lot and i went out there to see what was going on and there was a freaking skateboard demo in the parking lot of my parents place what that's so sick and that was the first time i saw skating and they were literally launching over a car <laughs> dude those
0: videos are always awesome i don't know if i've ever been to like a car launching session but i've definitely seen place. it
1: What's 87 that? this was 1987 that's what people did <laughs> <laughs> like bring out the corvette dude we're launching this bitch <laughs> dude i didn't even know what was going on i just saw him flying through the air and i was like i want to do that that's cool yeah definitely. and then you know i begged my parents for a skateboard and they were cool with it oh uh, yeah they got us a cut. they got me and my little brother like some cheap ones at first and then after a few months when they saw that like we were kind of into it then they bought us real boards what, what, what
0: age were you when you got your first board? I think I was seven. Damn, dude, that's early. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I, I started skating when I was 12 going on 13.
1: Yeah, see, I, was, I got sponsored by nine.
0: Holy shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how it was like complete like by accident kind of thing.
0: That's sick,
1: dude. But yeah, in two years, I ended up getting sponsored.
0: You must have been skating your ass off. I guarantee it.
1: It was, uh, well, back then it was all transition. So it was for mini ramp and vert.
0: Whoa, that's so crazy. And, but, cause to think about your skating now, it's like a lot of ledge and like technical stuff.
1: Yeah. I don't <laughs> skate like any big transition, you know, like anymore. Like that shit scares the hell out of me.
0: Dude, me too. I have like a, I think it's like a six foot limit. I hate to say a limit, but like after that, I like feel like I'm gonna slam hard.
1: Yeah. It's scary, dude. but like when you're a little kid that you don't even think about that kind of shit you know
0: were you padded
1: up too maybe oh yeah they made you wear full pads back then at the skate parks nice dude yeah Yeah. that's true and you're in florida so it's probably humid as balls for sure oh my god (laughs) i didn't know any better though i just thought that was like normal weather everywhere oh that's true then you're kind of
0: like that's your normal breath so that might not be a bad thing
1: yeah, I didn't know any better to the first time I came to California and like felt the weather in San Diego and I was like, what the hell? You're like,
0: This is how I'm s- supposed to be breathing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was like so surprised. <laughs> There's like, not you're a skating and not sweat, you're like, dude, I'm not sweating and I've been skating for like two hours.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> that's like if you ever skate Arizona and then you like don't even realize you're sweating, but at the end of the day, you just have like salt stains on your shirt, and you're like, Uh-huh. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck?
1: Yeah, it's crazy. It's so funny. How so who sponsored you? Who was the first sponsor? So first sponsor was Dogtown Adventure. Damn, good start right there. And uh it happened, I was so they had a big pro contest in St. Petersburg. And then like the day after the contest, I just happened to be at McGill skate park then, because they had a skate park in Oldsmar. And I was just skating. I didn't know what was going on. There's pros there, or whatever. I'm just skating, like little kid. Don't know what's happening.
0: Hell yeah, maybe getting and in when the
1: way. I'm, I was probably getting in the way. I think I snake people. Who knows? You know. Yeah. Like little shithead kid. Classic. And then uh when I was done skating, my dad came up to me and he's like, "Hey, these guys want to meet you." And it was Keith Conkren and Greg Carroll. Whoa, sick. And they were like, "Yeah, they're gonna send you boards and trucks, wheels. Like they're gonna hook you hook you up." And I was like, "What does that mean?" Or like, "We're gonna sponsor you?" And I was like, "Okay." I still Dang. didn't know what that meant. Yeah, you know? that's but I crazy. I started getting free stuff every month, and it was like amazing. Those two guys are legends. Yeah, it was crazy, dude. Now that I think about it, it was crazy. Back then, I had no idea what was going on.
0: That's so crazy, man. And you were, and it was only two years into skating, which is even more yeah. crazy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it lasted about two years.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah! They just send like send you box, and you do you do did you do a bunch of contests too? Are you filming parts? I was
1: doing mini ramp contests and stuff. But what happened was, skateboarding changed from like eighty nine to ninety one. You know, like drastically late flips, pressure flips, super tech, go slow. You know, yeah, I couldn't do any of that stuff. <laughs> Dude, fuck. So, when they saw that the only thing I could still do was skate ramps, they're like, see you later, kid. They're like, yo, nice backside disaster, but can you
0: pee flip? You're like, oh.
1: nope. <laughs> so, that was like the end of my sponsor career for like probably six years.
0: Whoa, gnarly. What do we do? Yeah.
1: What do we do in the six years? Uh, Just being a dumb kid in a small town getting in trouble and not doing what I'm supposed to be doing oh nice dude I was still skating but it wasn't like I was trying to keep up with it you know yeah like I was so discouraged with like watching new videos and like oh I want to do that and you go out to a curb and you're like that's fucking impossible (laughs) true (laughs) I had to like relearn how to skate like I couldn't skate street yeah yeah I could ollie up a curb and like do a little 50 50 but like I couldn't skate street if you would have told me to do a kickflip in 1990 I couldn't do it oh man I was already a sponsored skateboarder winning am contests wow that's insane imagine that nowadays there's got
0: to be one dude who can't kickflip but he can do everything else
1: it's Mike Frazier
0: Oh, perfect! <laughs> That's so funny,
1: dude. <laughs> he still killing That's how kill- Fraser was back then. Fraser so was still it was, killing it. It was a common thing to be like a mini ramp skater, and you like you don't really know how to skate street. You just skated mini ramps.
0: Yeah, I mean, I get it. You can get caught on a mini ramp your whole life and have fun.
1: Yeah, it was super fun. You know, real fun.
0: Yeah, I I did the opposite, Nick. I like started skating street because I like moved to. I was in, like, uh, New Hampshire, and then I moved to New Bedford, Mass, and it was just curbs and, like, small city life and just skating around like that. And then yeah. I found, like, transition because we – uh friend would build, like, a shitty quarter pipe in the basement with PVC coping, and you start, like, figuring it out, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my parents, uh, they built us a mini ramp for me and my brother. Legends. And uh, my dad would call it the babysitter. <laughs> Sick that's all awesome, we didn't dude. have to leave the house you know we just go out in the backyard and skate it's so crazy because like to think
0: about it now is like that's such a solid move to have that ramp and it is yeah. like a bit ba- it is like a babysitter right just kind of go there and figure out your shit and try to learn some tricks
1: yeah yeah and i mean that's why you know i didn't really skate street i had a perfect mini ramp just skate ramp all day go to skate parks Skate the mini ramp there you know, I could skate like the street contest back then because it was just basically a spread out mini ramp. Yeah. You That's know? crazy. Um, but like, uh, what ended up happening is I didn't skate for, like, try to do anything with my skating till about 96.
0: Dang sick. That's a good year to
1: get into it yeah, again. Yeah. And I, what happened was uh, I watched East, I saw an Eastern exposure. Ooh. And it, it like changed my whole mindset about skating because those guys were doing like just go fast, do cool shit. Yeah, like pushing down the road, hitting curb cuts, and just yeah, and it made me stoked. So that's how I got back into skating. And then uh, I met Mike Rosa and all those guys, Mike Mancini and John Buchanan and those guys.
0: Oh, so good! All those dudes, good style, good skating. Yeah.
1: So I met them at like a Tampa all ages contest when i was probably 16 yes so probably stopped skating 12 ish you know and then kind of got back into it when i was like 16 and uh i went from skating and winning am contests on mini ramp to all age street contest dang sick nice switch up It went backwards. It's good though because they had some
0: tranny, like all those tampas always have some tranny, you know? Yeah, yeah.
1: But at that time I wasn't skating tranny at all. So I I had learned how to skate street.
0: Oh, you (laughs) switch. Yeah, that's right.
1: (laughs) You know, it took a while. That was like me uh, like
0: trying to learn backside
1: disasters after I already could do like flip tricks and stuff. is like so hard. Yeah. It's so funny. But yeah, Mike and those guys would like pick me up, take me to Orlando. I'd stay with rose's family and we just skate all the time and uh you know at that time i like turned 16 my parents like didn't really care about me skating anymore didn't they didn't really care what i did as long as i didn't go to jail basically yeah
0: and you weren't like a shithead, right no i stayed out of
1: trouble i've never been arrested or anything but i've done stupid shit where yeah now I look back, like, what the fuck was I thinking?
0: <laughs> it's good you that know? you can look back and think that, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, like, I should have known better. I'll but, join
0: uh, I'll join that club with you for sure. Yeah, dude. yeah.
1: Everybody we know is pretty much in that club.
0: Yeah, part of learning. Yeah,
1: so pretty much at, like, 16, I start skating with Rosa and those guys a lot. And then Montessi opens uh, Westside Skate Shop. Yep. Such so a in 97. John kind of like I've known John since I was probably eight years old. Buchanan? Uh, Montesi. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Montesi. Yeah. So John sat me down in like 97, was like, look, I think you're ready. Like, here's some stuff I think you need to change a little bit. Like, with my attitude, you know, what I was doing in life, partying, stupid shit.
0: You know, like, let me me kind of set
1: you on the right path, you know? Yeah. Like, listen to me, and I'll help you. And uh, so I started skating for Westside, and then John got me, sponsored again, took me to California, and started doing everything for me.
0: You met John because he opened up the shop, and then you met him? No, I
1: knew John since I was, like, a little-ass kid. Oh, sick.
0: Yeah, because he's been around. they're
1: from the same area. It's, like, Montesi, Mike Dare, Lance Conklin, George Dare. Uh Scott Conklin Bo Turner. Um there's a whole bunch of guys from there, you know, Schaefer and those guys I knew when I was kids, Ryan Clemens, um all those guys. It's They're such all a head in my to... area. But I was I'm six years younger than them, so I was like the little kid they just picked on and <laughs> with. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and when I got sponsored, those guys were pissed because they wanted to be sponsored, and I got sponsored just by accident, you know?
0: That's awesome. It's <laughs> the best thing I've guys, heard.
1: I don't think they were they were like happy for me. I think they were more like pissed off like why did this little shithead get hooked up? Hey, sorry for you, you know? <laughs> you know, and it took years and years and years for a lot of those guys to be really cool to me. But uh yeah. Montesi was always one of the dudes that were cool to me.
0: That's awesome.
1: And uh later on John is the reason why I uh, even got anywhere in skating.
0: Yeah, Montesi's the man, dude. Um, he's always he's been supporting the things I'm doing too, through like getting all I need and world boards and stuff, and just
1: yeah, he'll do everything for everybody.
0: Yeah, he's the man. That's awesome, dude. So, let's see, where are we now? How how old are we now, and where are we?
1: Set the. I'm. What is it? Ninety-seven. So um, yeah, seventeen. Or no no yeah, I'm 18, an adult, and you know so that's a pretty late start to get hooked up again. Yeah, you know, and that was a big deal back then. Definitely. I I remember being like 22 and not pro yet, and people being like, "Fucking man, am too <laughs> old already," you know, Yuck. like like that back then. I forgot
0: about that. They that actually was like a thing, a man am thing, where they try to put pressure on you. <laughs>
1: yeah. And like you're like, dude, I'm 22. I'm like that, not that fucking old. I'm <laughs> turn pro at like 27, 28, and like it's all about skills. It doesn't matter your fucking age. It's matter what you do on your skateboard.
0: Yeah, agreed. I I didn't go pro until I was like, um, I want to say 27, 28. It was like a long time for
1: sure. Yeah, I was 24, 25. Nice. You know? That's a good age. That's actually perfect, man. Yeah. I didn't think it was a bad, you know, whatever. But people were like, back then, it was a big deal. Yeah. Like, uh, Greg Carroll made me, so I had a venture, like, uh, I was getting venture ads and stuff back then. Sick. And I've always had a beard since I was like 18 or 19.
0: <laughs> they gave you shit for the beard.
1: <laughs> I, in order to get my ad, I had to shave my beard and take a portrait with a truck. And if I didn't take the ad with no beard, they weren't going to run the photo.
0: Fair enough, dude.
1: Fair enough. (laughs) Like, that's how, like, they were like, you're not marketable. You look old. (laughs) dude. (laughs) That's hilarious. That's just kind of how it was back then, you know?
0: Yeah, I do. I've been, uh, I've had a beard for a long time, too. (laughs) Yeah. It's just one of
1: those things. It was funny, but I mean, like, but to Greg Carroll's defense, I called Greg Carroll in probably like 98 after not talking to him for like six or seven years and kind of told him what was going on, told him, I was like, you know, I'm back into skating. I just got hooked up with John's shop. I'm trying to do all this again. But like, it's hard for me to like get stuff. And uh, he instantly put me back on venture and started sending me think boards so I get back on my feet.
0: Damn, that's sick. Some support, like right when you're looking for it.
1: Yeah, like perfect. Yeah. So Greg took care of me for a while and I wrote for Venture for like 13 years after that.
0: That's so wild. Venture's been around for so long, it's crazy to think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, man. It's crazy. Do you remember your first like um photo in a magazine?
1: Yeah, it was uh it was in thrasher it was like the issue with jim greco switch front side flipping the lincoln stairs damn sick and it was a. Uh, it was like a middle of a page and it had a sequence of mark appleyard going around me that's <laughs> what really yeah and it was uh
0: oh because it was like a tour article or something
1: yeah it was a philly article and i was doing a blunt slide off this like stair ledge it was probably like I don't know eight stairs and went flat out you know yeah hell yeah and that was uh by frankie
0: oh he shot the photo yeah dude thrasher that's sick my, my first photo was in thrasher too is um nice. shot shot by patrick odell and it was a smith grind at new bedford mass where um solstice skate shop
1: is you know solstice. Oh, okay yeah and, Nice. Uh, yeah and i remember like I was in Atlanta and Thomas Taylor's like, got a photo in Thrasher. We're at his shop. And I was like, don't fucking fuck with me, you know? And he yeah. like got the mag and he's like, look, dude. And I was like, holy shit. Dude, it actually got ran, <laughs> you know? Yeah, you made it into the Skate Bible, dude. That's way sick. Yeah, that's crazy.
0: First and only time in Thrasher. Oh shit. See, <laughs> that was the only one I made. Um, uh, Thomas's shop, right? Is it Stratosphere? Yep. Yeah, sick. I've been there before. It's been a while. Yeah. Though. Him and Montessi are super close. Yeah. Where where are you at right now? I live in San Francisco. How's it going there, man? It's I'm on the whole I'm on the whole other side of the country, so I don't know. What's I know. The- <laughs> What's the vibes? <laughs> What's going on out there? It's, you know, a little slightly COVID still, but a little bit more freer, you know? Yeah. Nice. That's good to hear, dude, to be honest, because if you just yeah, watch... I mean- if you just watch shit on uh the phone and the news app and everything oh it's like God. everything's falling apart everywhere
1: no here it's like you wear a mask if you go inside or if you're like in a large group outside yeah it's like who fucking cares you know i wear a mask i go to work take it off when i leave work no big deal
0: yeah they just um they just lifted the mask restrictions here in Massachusetts. I think like if you're a private business, you can like enforce it if you want. But like, mm-hmm. it was so sick yesterday and the day before I just felt like I was celebrating cause like we go to this indoor park here called the edge and we're always skating yeah. and, uh, I skated with all these like Grom kids that I shred with, uh, like the all I need flow kids. And, mm-hmm. uh, it was just sick to see them ripping again and they're like, they're laughing and stuff. It's like, you don't just have a mask, you know? So it's I like, know. they're exercising with no mask on. I was like, this is sick like the the hype is real, you know.
1: Yeah, it's crazy.
0: It was just nice to have a uh, some relief, you know. Right. Nice. Um all right, let's go back to the the timeline in the story cuz it continues. You did a oh, bunch yeah, so... you've, done, you've done a bunch of stuff with Tampa and and uh tell me a little bit more more about what you've done with like being sponsored or sponsoring people and
1: Yeah, um so the timeline went um, you know, like ninety-eight. I think I started getting flowed media boards because Dave Dern.
0: Yeah, media. I remember media with Gary Smith too, right? He was on there.
1: Yep. Sick. So man. I got media boards for like six months and uh I did a video part for progression. Remember that video
0: magazine? Dude, I have one of the weirdest slams ever in, in a progression video. Nice. It was a tray flip lip slide, but my f- one of my foots missed it, and it wrapped around and hit the bar on the handrail, so it clotheslined my feet, and I just body slammed. It was Jesus. intense, yeah. That's
1: why I never flipped into a rail. <laughs> never took those kind of risks. That shit's gnarly.
0: Yeah, it was a bad day.
1: <laughs> it was a bad day. But,
0: yeah, progression was sick, man, so you worked on a part there?
1: So I got a part in progression. It came out at one of the ASR shows. Fuck yeah, I forgot about those. Yeah, and uh, so Jeff Kendall saw it and hit me up and found me at ASR, and I started getting Santa Cruz stuff. Nice. Which is crazy because later on I ended up being a Santa Cruz team manager. That's right. 20 years later, (laughs) you know?
0: Yeah, that's amazing. That lasted
1: that only lasted like six months. There was talks of me getting full on the team and getting paid and all this stuff. But what happened was it was like the whole Baker thing happened. So it became stunt oriented. Oh, dude, I remember and this. I'm a fucking tech skater. <laughs> I don't jump. So it was like when it came time to, like, they want me to, like, film, like, a part like the fucking Baker dudes, it's like, I can't do that, dude. That's not, like, why you sponsored me. You sponsored me for this other style of skating. I, it's not what I do.
0: You know? Yeah, you're, like, trying to put the the square thing into the hole.
1: You know? Yeah, it's like, don't get me wrong. Like, I can grind a big rail, but, like, I'm not frontside flipping over a 12 stair handrail like, i can't flip my board down stuff i can do rails i can skate hubbos but flipping down shit just does not work for me
0: yeah it's weird they that,
1: wanted the, that at that time
0: yeah it's weird that the industry does that because then they went to like remember the d3 osiris super tech days there was like mm-hmm. certain influences i think maybe because it was just certain magazines and videos back then yeah. it's, not, it's not all everyone has a phone and everything's out there
1: yeah and at that time i was uh living with Tyrone Olson in San Diego. So wow. that's like what they were doing down there. It was like a tech scene. So I was skating tech. I was in San Diego. That's what you did. Yeah. And, uh, at, uh, yeah, at the next ASR show, six months later, they have like some kind of like industry party. And I guess me and Tyrone were kind of going off a little bit. at the party maybe a little too hard good for you (laughs) so uh what happened was i call for a box he says oh yeah 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 i'll send you a box no problem a week later, later i got a letter in the mail kicking me off santa cruz because they don't think i represent the company properly (laughs) (laughs) dude you like to party bro too much (laughs) and then when i get hired by santa cruz 20 years later it's like help us pet push these paps blue ribbon boards <laughs> full circle <laughs> yeah like isn't this is why i got kicked off yeah that's hilarious <laughs> yeah so from santa cruz uh i went to super not
0: oh dude
1: sorry to keep cutting you off but all everything
0: i've clearly followed followed all your skating and all this generation a lot Supernaut was so amazing they came to new bedford too and did demos when i was younger which was a huge impact on me like seeing the team and ripping this little like prefab park that i was learning all my tricks at and Supernaut came through and just like it was like wow that's what's possible
1: and all those dudes are so cool and easy to talk to and hang with you know
0: yeah the most epic humans and then good style and skating yeah yeah that's awesome
1: so I wrote for Supernaut, and uh, what happened? So we do the Supernaut video, Urban Canvas. And uh, I have a full part in that, and they say, uh, you know, we're going to give you a board now. Go skate Slam City Jam.
0: Oh, so, man.
1: Oh, man. I go skate Slam City Jam. They're slamming the title, bro. <laughs> I know. I unfortunately got really hurt, like about a month before it i did a uh, i got hurt landing a trick oh man That's like one of those like mega hot pockets you know yep 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 and uh it was the same so like the you know the Gino like at lockwood he does like the bump over the planner backside flip so good so i back healed that when i landed i hot pocketed and like fucked my ankle up
0: and you like, rode really away bad. though yeah yeah, I feel like a hit back heel flip, you could somehow ride away from injuring yourself.
1: Yeah, so uh, about a month later, Sam City Jam, I still can't kick kickflip or anything. Like My ankle's fucked. They're so like, I just that like do kind of like whatever run, no big deal, whatever. I'll skate Tampa in a month. So I go to Tampa, like warming up for Tampa Pro like two days before it feeling really fucking good like i felt really solid on my board like i could actually do pretty good yeah roll the shit out of my ankle
0: oh dude brutal just
1: <laughs> completely roll the shit out of my ankle so i the can't un- state that contest
0: the universe is like here you go nick fuck yeah
1: <laughs> and then about two months later they stopped doing super not
0: ah <sighs> heartbreaking
1: Uh Like, right, they printed a couple boards, like, here's some test boards, like, check it out, you know? Yeah. So by that time, now I'm pro. I'm never going to get sponsored by anybody else ever again,
0: basically. Um, Unless you fucking huck yourself, bro, because that would be the next option.
1: (laughs) So actually, what they did was they're still like, were loyal to me, and they put me on Unbelievers. Oh, right. What was Unbelievers? That was Jeremy Fish and Scott Bourne's company.
0: Oh dude, I remember now. Black Arrow yeah, dude. the
1: thickest fucking graphics.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, of course you did. <laughs> That's so, so sick. I got the
1: ride for them for a long time, but I was pro with never had a board with them.
0: That's wild. That's wild to think.
1: Yeah. And then uh I'm trying to think. I ended up getting boards like guest boards for companies and stuff later on and like for my smaller companies, you know.
0: Who like like who? Tell me.
1: I had a couple boards for, like, my buddy's company. It was called Beer Run at the time.
0: Yeah, so I know Beer Run.
1: Yeah, and then, uh, you know, some West Side boards. You know, unfortunately, my Supernat board never came out. That would have been, like, my legit first pro board, you know?
0: Yeah, but it's still, like, epic that someone, like, in the future was like,
1: yeah, this dude deserves it, and we can do it, so let's get it, you know? Yeah, and I mean, at that time, I... I already knew I wasn't going to make a living off skating, you know? Yeah. Like I would make it, I was making enough to get by, but I knew it was never going to be something where I could like not have to hustle or make a part-time job happen, you know?
0: Yeah. That's not, I had already
1: accepted that way back in the fucking day. Yeah.
0: When I was younger, I kind of like, um, had that kind of looming over me too. Like, I always was like, I could get sponsored and do a lot of cool stuff, but I also was like always aware that I'm going to get old and like have to like deal with that, you know, like. <laughs> I mean, most
1: of the traveling I did for my skate career until I was a team manager was me working and making money and traveling with my friends.
0: That's sick though. That's on your dime. And you're just like pure passion. Yeah, like, you know, We just
1: made everything happen for ourselves, you know? Yeah. And we got, you know, like, a lot of our crew got hooked up and turned pro you know but it was like uh a lot of those guys rode for dna so like i would just go on syndrome tours because i rode for fkd but they take me on the dna and status trips just hop in the van all your friends are on it Fuck it, come along yep you no know, and i didn't skate for them but i got to do a lot of shit kind of like that and then uh what was it trying to think where i was living because i've moved all over the fucking place
0: me too i have that same issue i've moved so much that it's like fragments my timeline i don't know when i lived where
1: yeah because i first moved to well i wouldn't say moved i went and couch surfed in atlanta when i was like 17 18 for six months to a year and then uh migrated to philly for like three years couch surfing
0: Damn, all the epic places.
1: And then uh moved on to San Diego and stayed with Tyrone's of course couch surfing, but eventually Tyrone started making you know a lot of money from Osiris. So uh he had a house with an extra room. I just had my own bedroom. He like he was just stay and live with me and skate.
0: What was that like staying with Tyrone when he's like making a bunch of money? Was he
1: raging too? You <laughs> were going fucking nuts. Having the time, huh? <laughs> I mean, he was he was pulling big checks, man. He was having fun, and he was skating as fuck. He'd party to 6 in the morning and be up at 10 and grind a 15-stair row.
0: Dude, like, some of the shit he's done on a skateboard is insane to me.
1: Like, he worked for his shit, dude. Like, you you can tell, yeah. He, he's a cool dude. He took I, care of me for a long time.
0: Yeah, he's a legend. I
1: that. mean, I had no money. I was living in his house. He'd barbecue and feed me fucking... Here's some weed, fucking. I'm going on a Cyrus trip. Here's the keys <laughs> to my Cadillac. Go to L.A. Hang out with your friends. Like. What a legend. You know? <laughs> and then. uh, Thank God for eventually. cool people like that, bro. Yeah. And then eventually I started staying in L.A. And uh, that was in Hollywood. And that was with like. This was at this girl Rita's house. She was friends with Montesi and all those guys. And she was like a dwindle rep and uh me danny renard ryan nix um and this dude jesse and mike rosa we'd all stay at her house for like months
0: that's sick
1: like she was like basically our skate mom
0: that's epic uh, that's a heavy squad too nick
1: yeah and she lived on the same street as mike range who was the guy who made logic after Ah. he frankly it became mike range's projects and uh, so he lived on that street, and that's why you'd always see our group in every Logic video. Oh, that's
0: perfect.
1: We skated with him every day.
0: Those Logic videos were fucking classic too, man.
1: Dude, they were good. Like, Mike had a good eye for skating. He made good videos, you know? Definitely. Dude, and, and Mike... that's kind of, like, what pushed our, like, coverage, you know, and kind of got us out there.
0: It takes that, man. You got to have someone that has, like, a little bit of a vision and want to get things done mm-hmm. and then surround yourself with epic skaters that are down yeah
1: i remember like in 2002 was like my good year and uh i had got like 15 photos and magazines that year or something crazy damn that's epic it was insane and then it kind of like after i got hurt a bunch of times it kind of all kind of died down
0: what were the injuries that bothered you i just kept
1: rolling my ankle yeah Both of them. I'd roll my front ankle, get better, and I roll my back ankle, and I roll my front ankle. You know, it was always my ankles, and then uh, and my wrists. But that never kept me from skating. You know, get a cast, keep skating. Yeah, my ankles were always terrible.
0: Yeah, ankles are like one that it's really hard to like get them back to a hundred, and then like you have to like really do like serious physical therapy, and then. And it's true. Just like skating in general, like you stick with anything long enough there that's has any risk involved. Like you're bound to get injured again and again. Like I've been skating for, how many years you've been skating roughly? Probably
1: 35.
0: That's your skate age. Then you're technically 35 right now in skateboarding. (laughs)
1: I'm 42.
0: Yeah. I think I've been skating for 25. Nice. Yeah. Quarter of a century. But dude, endless injuries for sure. But most of them heal fine. But
1: then you get like some that you, you mm-hmm. just don't figure out, you know? Yeah, I never really got really hurt until I needed surgery. Like needed surgery kind of hurt until yeah. I was uh, shit thirty six or something. What was this? What was the surgery you had? I fucking broke my foot in half. Oh
0: my god, skating! Yeah. Ooh,
1: go like complete fluke, just like went to wall ride this thing like a little slant wall over some steps with the Santa Cruz guys. One day we were out skating and I was like, Oh, they're doing it so easy. It looks so fun, you know? And I just kind of like leaned back too much and flew back, like flew out and, uh, was like, kind of like belly flop style. And the first thing that hit was my foot with all my weight. Gnarly. It broke all the little bones across the top of my foot. Could you tell like the second it happened? Oh, the inside was like I broke my foot. I gotta go to the hospital like instantly. I just knew, you know, and like Blake Johnson basically just picked me up and carried me to the fucking van.
0: Oh, dude, that always sucks when you're the guy getting carried. Yeah,
1: like oh, I'm supposed to be the team manager and not the fucking dude getting taken to the hospital. You know?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had moments where I've got I've been the dude injured for sure.
1: Yeah, so I go to the hospital. They tell me, you know, like yeah, you're gonna have to get surgery. I had to wait two weeks because my foot was so fucking swollen what so they do what they do to like get the swelling down just, just I had on to it? wait it out with ice and shit it was just like really bad you know yeah my foot was yellow and purple like it was gnarly I couldn't it took almost nine months to recover fully that's a serious injury yeah it was bad and uh, I got hurt in April I couldn't even walk try to walk until July some time out for you yeah so what they did was they put pins under my toes went up and pushed those bones back in place and the pins stuck out of the fucking skin under my toes
0: oh my god i couldn't
1: put any weight on my fucking foot for eight weeks
0: that's like fucking
1: Hellraiser. Remember the dude with the pins in his head? Dude. Like, oh. yeah, under my toes. You might <laughs> be sleeping sometimes, and they get caught on like the blanket oh. and yank on it. Like fucking the worst pain ever, dude.
0: That's insane. So, uh,
1: once they take the pins out, I gotta wait another week for the stitches to come out. Then I can start walking. So that was probably in July. And then maybe by yeah, maybe by September, I'm able to walk without – no, m- middle of August, I'm able to walk without crutches and stuff. Yeah, and I it was like crutching everywhere and going to rehab, you know. Yeah, then, that, that thing's I mean, like not going to be perfect either, right? Yeah, like I'm taking the Santa Cruz dudes on trips and I'm like I'm walking around like fucking cane,
0: you know. <laughs> Gnarly.
1: <laughs> I'm like it's – I'm at like uh, – the fucking Vans contest in Vancouver, that bold thing, like, getting Winkowski to skate, but I'm like, on the platform with a fucking cane, I can't even move, you know?
0: <laughs> Dude, old man Matlin. Old yeah, man Matlin. Uh,
1: but that was terrible. And that's probably the worst thing ever, you know? Yeah. And that took about nine months for me to like, start to fuck around skating. Which and was probably, probably it, the
0: best time ever, like the best feeling I've ever. Yeah,
1: I like literally just like started skating mini ramp again at first, just kind of like taking it easy, like can I run out of this, you know, like a little easier kind of shit. Smart. And then uh probably about after six months, I started feeling normal again, and like got the like fear out of my head, you know.
0: Which foot was it? Your back or front?
1: My back foot.
0: Yeah, so your popping foot.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like trying now to now tr- like my toes are pretty much paralyzed on that foot like my like little three toes like the smallest ones they're pretty much paralyzed like, they don't move your your piggies are paralyzed yeah <laughs> brutal <laughs> yeah so like i can't like do like it's really hard for me to like switch pop now and Nolly and uh any kind of switch flip trick that you got to like flick with like i can't make my ankle do it anymore or like catch it with my toes you know yeah
0: that makes sense i i broke a toe a long time ago dude and i battled that broken toe for like years yeah it's tough yeah it's never ending and then you think it's over and then you injure it again You're like fuck dude this toe you know and i didn't yep. get i didn't get the barbecue skews like you did i just like one toe is just yeah hanging around dude
1: yeah, I was fucked, dude. That shit's up. Well, you survived it, and it's it's good now because I've been seeing you ripping, dude. So, yeah, it has no effect on me now, except I can't see switch or nolly you know. Hey, you know, you got to give that one up to the skate well, gods. I can like, I can switch tray because you can like, not use your front foot very much on that and switch shove it some kind of shit like that. Yeah, but switch- if I try to switch flip or switch heel flip or anything like that, it's just like dead leg. Yeah.
0: Ha- so. Okay, so moving from sponsorship life to working in skateboarding. You also, if correct me if I'm wrong, you've, like, judged. Do you do some judging, too? I did a little bit of judging, too. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I've watched you do or seen you somewhere judging.
1: Yeah, so what happened was, so I would always do, eventually for Westside, I started, like, team managing Westside. Just like, John's busy. He's, like, just, you know, let's build a team, make these videos. So I would always organize the teams for west side help organize all the videos get joe to edit them you know do everything you know like a normal team manager would for a company for west side yep. and uh i think craig from satori was like kind of talking to montessi about like this is 2006 so i had been living in hollywood went to san francisco stayed in san francisco for like six months and film like that part for seasons yeah and then i was like all right you know i'm not making any money from skating anymore unbelievers is gone i guess i'll go back to florida and everyone like at that time was living in uh miami so i just moved to miami where everybody else was living
0: yeah i remember that time
1: yeah and then we filmed i think it was the good life down there while we all lived in miami which was awesome
0: yeah that is a good life
1: yeah, and uh, so at Tampa Am, Craig from Satori comes up to me, and he's like, have you ever thought about, you know, maybe being a team manager for a company, and he's like, we're looking for one for Satori, and I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, he's like, I'll fucking hire you, like, you want to move back to San Francisco? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I want to move to San Francisco again.
0: It's like redemption, bro.
1: Yeah, and so that was 2006, and I've been here ever since, almost 15 years.
0: What? That's way sick, man
1: yeah it's crazy
0: that's a testament to you not being an asshole (laughs) right there's people that are assholes and they burn bridges and then like you know
1: (laughs) yeah i just always try to be cool to people and you know not take advantage of shit and just have fun
0: how many parts do you think you filmed uh take your time
1: (laughs) i have to count it i think
0: You're blowing my mind constantly on your Instagram, too, just so I can tell you. It's really fun. It's awesome.
1: I'd say probably filmed anywhere between 12 and 15 parts.
0: Yeah, pro as fuck, bro. Pro as fuck. I think, yeah. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. 15 parts, yeah.
0: That's kind of how I've always, like, judged who's pro i know there's like the marketing side or whatever but like your body of work really you know like video Mm -hmm. parts for a long time are like a
1: standard and i think they still are you know like it was just always easier for me to go out and film and like we always skated with our like little crew of guys from florida and we travel together and we just do our shit and feed off each other you know and it was like never felt like we were like working for something like it was just like we'd film 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 and like all right, it's time to edit. And like, there was never like, oh my God, we have a week to film. I got to kill myself. You know, like it was like, we never thought of it like that. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is what we have now. Boom, there's a part. <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah. That's sick and just kept going too. That was kind of like when I grew up, I skated with Chris Tremblay. You remember Chris at all? Yeah. Yeah. He um he did the same thing to his foot too. He uh had pins in it too, I remember. Mm-hmm. Actually, that reminded me, which is gnarly because uh, I think he did it Oh, no, I think he heard it at Skaters Island. Do you remember Skaters yeah. Island? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, me and Chris would just film, 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 and then just, like, make little parts, but we're always on the mission. It was, like, mm-hmm. everything, you know? And I and mean, just
1: back then it was so easy because there was, like, six video magazines.
0: Yep.
1: There was always skate shop videos. Like, every year, year or two, we were doing West Side videos. The companies we skated for were always doing video. You know, like, that was, like, the video age, you know?
0: yeah the
1: i love that age for sure yeah it was fun so what? i uh i guess trying to think now so from satori i worked at satori for like a little over two years and uh it felt like they were kind of like moving out of skateboarding at the time and kind of getting more into the musical side of their stuff yeah they were sponsoring musicians and like their apparel is what was making them money then it wasn't the skateboarding so they kind of were like following what was like gonna make them money
0: yeah like you can't be a business without uh customers
1: yeah so it kind of went from like oh we're gonna run two-page ads in thrasher to we're gonna make ten thousand reggae cds instead and i was kind of got over it you know you didn't want to grow dreadlocks nah i never had, the I had some long ass hair
0: though someone should draw you doing like a backsmith down like a 15 stair with dreadlocks
1: right just that what would you be, that would be mean
0: <laughs> yeah true I mean, true back
1: then <laughs> but i mean satori so was tight and like it was my first team manager job and like looking back on it now it's like i can't believe i take these dudes on tour with like that little bit amount of money and no plan and none you know yeah it's so- like it was like the Satori trips were like, all right, let's set up like six demos. They're going to give us 300 bucks to come through. And that's like how we fed ourselves.
0: Yeah, that's you like it. A... There
1: wasn't much money. Like we barely had enough money to like get the van and tickets to get to where we needed to go because they were so small at the time. Yeah. And then eventually, you know, it got bigger and we were able to like support the guys more and go on more trips and do more cool shit. And then, uh, I don't know, I just felt like it was time to move on. It was, I wasn't feeling the same in the as it was, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I rode for Fibro for years and that's what we did too. We just did like grassroots marketing where you just link up with the shop work, and then show up, shred the park with all the people there, peel out on the way out of the demo yeah. and like just have a great time and also make a little mark, you know? Yeah. And then somehow get to the next place.
1: Yep, totally. <laughs>
0: It's insane. I it remember so like setting times. up those
1: tours and uh having to print out like map quest shit. Like, <laughs> okay, so we're gonna leave this skate park, we're staying at this hotel, and you have to like print a thing. And from the hotel, we gotta go to this skate shop. You're printing your, your next like fucking path. And then it was like I and then it was like finally like the GPS came out and you can get a GPS and it was like, I don't gotta do that anymore. Fucking thank God. <laughs> you know? yeah you're not like
0: a skate professor like with all these binders and trap keepers and stuff
1: dude you used to have to like do so much crazy prep work because there wasn't internet on your fucking phone
0: yeah that's the testament to how old we are I don't even,
1: yeah i don't even know if like i remember going on trips with no cell phones
0: yeah truly
1: lost <laughs>
0: truly out there <laughs> No. Yeah, like nowadays kids are so connected, it's like probably such a crazy concept to think about just being somewhere where you don't know where you are. And yeah, you know, you know, you're not connected.
1: Yeah, now it's like I put my GPS on because I what I just want to know how long it's gonna take me to get there. I yeah. know where I'm going. I'm like, shit, forty eight minutes, damn it. That's so funny. You know.
0: It's crazy too, cause those GPS just update when there's traffic now, and just routes you
1: around things. And yeah, it's insane. It's I just yeah. I remember like those trips without any of that shit, you know? Yeah, that's the Wild West days, bro. Like trips without cell phones, and like you actually talk to your fucking friends and hang out.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> dude, it's insane, man. Now Yo. it's like you
1: go on a trip and like. The dudes are just all got their ear pods in and they're all listening to different music, just like on their phones, and you're just like, Okay.
0: You're like, Wake up, we're here. We're all here.
1: Yeah. Everyone's off in a digital
0: space somewhere. Like <laughs> I was, I was at went to a park the other day and uh, we like rented out the session. It's like kind of like a community park where you can rent out two hour sessions. Oh, nice. Yeah. We rented one out and then, uh, the next session, these dudes came in and I think they rented it out, but like, they literally didn't even like roll around or skate until we all left. It was like, I don't know if they just didn't want to skate or if they're just trying to be polite to like, let us finish yeah. up or something. But like, even one of us was like, went up to him and was like, you just roll around like whatever, you know? But, uh, yeah. it was just weird. Cause they're all on their phones. They're just all looking down on their phones, like sitting like, I'm like, this is so strange.
1: Yeah. Like it's crazy.
0: Yeah. It's crazy because we get used to these fuck the fucking technology and especially with the COVID stuff and having yeah. like weird interactions with people and then you're already interacting on your phone. It's like gives you so many excuses not to like look someone in the eye or like uh say hi or goodbye or acknowledge each other. It's insane right. now. Yeah. Not that I mean- not that it's all that, but there's a portion of that going on
1: i mean covid for me wasn't even that fucking bad i mean it sucks for you know like what everyone's dealing with but for me it was just like it's like all right i can't fucking work so whatever i'm just gonna fucking skate every day i skate by myself all the time anyway so i'm just like whatever and now i got all the fucking time in the world because i don't gotta go to fucking work (laughs) nice you know what i'm saying yeah yeah so I could just sit there and be like, I don't care if it takes me 100 tries to make this fucking stupid trick. I got all the fucking time in the world. Yeah, it's like, let's get back to what the session I was working on. You know, like I just didn't, you know, and like I was really fucking lucky because um, I'm part of the union, like the the local union up here for like stage working and video, you know, like movies and theater kind of shit. It's local 16, so uh we were warned, like, weeks in advance, like, this could possibly happen. Apply for unemployment now. Nice. You know, so I just applied for unemployment probably, like, two weeks before the, the fucking pandemic really hit. So by the time it really hit, they had accepted my claim. Nice. So I instantly just started getting unemployment the entire time, which was like such a fucking stress relief yeah load off your back dude yeah but i mean if i didn't have that it would have been a completely different ball game and i would have been stressed the fuck out but like yeah. luckily like i had that warning so i was able to plan ahead you know
0: yeah that's awesome yeah the beginning of the pandemic for me like I saw it as an opportunity to go out and skate street spots that you normally mm-hmm. couldn't because there was less security guards. <laughs> yep.
1: I mean, it felt really fucking weird. Like the first like month of it, it like, was like spooky. And you'd like be on the street and be like, dude, I feel fucking weird. Like people watching me, like what the fuck's going on? Like, where is everybody, you know? And then I just found places where like nobody, nobody's at. And I just fucking skate there all day by myself. Like, this is great. Or like a couple of my friends would show up and like we'd hang out every day. So it's just like our little group. We skate every day, you know.
0: It's like being fucking 13 again and just the crew showing up and session somewhere where there's mm-hmm. not a big demo or anything. Just an empty parking lot again. After 41. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. It's we hilarious. skated. We skated under, uh, Ikea a lot cause they have like a roof so you could skate under there and they had like bumps and like you could tip benches over and nice. whatnot.
1: Um, yeah. Unfortunately out here we have no spots in the shade. Oh, rough. Nothing's covered. Nothing. Nothing's in the shade. It's like, you're just direct sunlight. Yeah. All the good spots are like just in direct sunlight. You're like shit.
0: Yeah, man. That's brutal. Um, yeah. <laughs> so how did santa cruz like um how did you officially start working for them
1: so i went from satori to uh not doing anything for a few months and then started working for street corner which was uh think city skateboards hubba wheels and venture
0: yeah
1: i started with team managing for them and i did work for them again for about another two years and then they were like basically doing the transition over to flux and stuff was, you know, they were moving around. And uh, I had not been getting along with a couple of the people that worked there. So I I basically left. I was just like, I'm not gonna work with people who like I don't want to be around. Yeah,
0: that's hard. You know? It's hard. It's not like out like...
1: against like anybody there. Like they wanted stuff done one way. And the way that they would this isn't Tony. Tony's the fucking man. This has nothing to do with Tony Patello. He's the shit. Yeah. Tony was the sickest boss ever. Um, these are just like people I had to work with day to day on other things. Uh, I would be like mistreated, like, carry my fucking camera bag, dude. You know, like that kind of shit, instead of so being like, hey Nick. I have so much stuff to carry. Can you, like, help me carry my flashes and stuff to the skate spot? Yeah. You know? And I would have been like, oh, fuck yeah. Like, no problem. Here you go. Boom, boom, boom. It would just be like, yo, fuck, carry my shit, dude. I'm like, no, I don't answer to shit like that. I'm like, no. Yeah.
0: Good for you. you. carry your
1: own shit when you ask like that. <laughs> you
0: know? Yeah. It's like, uh, we're supposed to be working together. I'm not working for you.
1: Yeah. So, it felt like I was work- more of uh, working for him instead of, like, actually... I'm the team manager, dude. You're supposed to actually be, like, kind of working for me and, you know, making sure the stuff I'm scheduling is happening and you're shooting my shit. Yeah, <laughs> you know? totally. So it's kind of, you know, it is what it is. Um, There's I had a always... great time there, though. It was really fucking fun.
0: Yeah. There's always, like, a, an asshole. And I've been that asshole at times. So it's, like, it happens.
1: Yeah, it's all good. No yeah. hard feeling. I see the guy now. We're fucking totally cool.
0: It's weird in skateboarding too because it's like the lines are blurred between like play and actual work.
1: You and know, and like, I don't know. Maybe like he wanted to be the team manager and the photographer, and then they hired me to be the team manager. So he was pissed. Like, yeah. Who
0: knows? You never know, bro.
1: <laughs> you know, like maybe he wanted to do both and was like, I could just do fucking both, but he still hired a team manager, you know?
0: So is Street Corner even around anymore? It's not, right? No, so-
1: everything in Street Corner basically. Think and Hubba went to low card and they okay. had it for a little bit. And then Venture went to uh Deluxe. That's right. And it was basically, you know, a few years after Tony's dad died, and he had to make a decision what's more important, thrasher or street corner. So he can't be splitting his time up anymore. It's too too much on his plate. Yeah. You know? So obviously it's thrasher. The Bible yeah and look where it is now it's yeah fucking
0: killing it. yeah insane
1: yeah so they you know they they did what they could like gave the companies the low car like here try to keep them going and then um uh, you know it was hard for rob and them to do it. it was a little overwhelming i think for them you know which is understandable they went from just like low car like a little magazine and clothing company to you know, like We have a $10,000 or 10,000 fucking board order Zoomies. Like, can you fill this? Like, that's kind of fucking stressful for somebody who's not used to that shit.
0: Yeah, that's a lot to be thrown on your plate for sure.
1: Yeah, you know, so um, after Think, I I went and helped out over at Low Card for a little bit. And then I started doing, uh, like, I got into uh, doing, like, stage lighting. Like I just had no job and I was kind of chilling. And one of my wife's friends was just like, this guy, Dan was just like, Hey, do you want to, uh, want like a seasonal job? Like we need help this like Christmas season because they do so many like big corporate events in the city. Yeah. We need help doing all like the fucking stage lighting and shit. So I was like, yeah, fuck it. I don't care. Like I'm not doing anything. So I started doing that and that was 10 years ago. And, uh, I did that for a while and then uh, me and Montesi did Paradise Wheels for like four years. Yeah,
0: I remember Paradise.
1: Yeah. So the whole time we were doing Paradise, I was still doing the stage lighting because that's what paid the bills. Like Paradise was like we never took a cent from Paradise.
0: That's it
1: for a while. Then that like same thing, it got really overwhelming. It's like I did all the day to day stuff for Paradise, team managing, brand managing sales like everything i was like you know you know about that shit it's it's hard
0: it's it's uh, more than a full-time job
1: yeah and we were getting you know pretty big orders in and it started getting to the point where our orders were bigger than we, we could afford to get made yeah 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 <laughs> you know and it was like i can't really be like i'm giving terms to these people so i can't i'm not like getting the money up front yeah exactly and like we we started the company with five thousand dollars, and it went all over the world in five, you know, for four years off of just like an initial five thousand dollar investment. That's
0: unbelievable. crazy unbelievable.
1: Think about, we just yeah, bought that's... wheels and flipped them, bought more wheels, flipped them, and just kept doing it, bigger and bigger and bigger, you know.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of lot of time profit. working it's a lot of work that's what that is really like turn five thousand into hours of work to like create it and get it going sweat equity in there you know
1: we try to pay the riders like if we made like 150 pairs of your wheels we just cut you a check for 150 bucks whether they sold or not you know
0: that makes a huge difference to the riders though you know yeah and like
1: sometimes like it would take a while for us to pay them sometimes it wouldn't it's just you know like i said like sometimes we had 60 day terms with some with these people so it was like yeah we sold out of your wheels but we haven't got paid for them yet
0: yeah which you know? is rough yeah especially if you start basically with not like, like that first out five thousand dollars is eaten up so fast oh my god yeah yeah it's unbelievable it's gone you know and then you have to figure out how to grow because the opportunity is there and you you're just mm-hmm. starting with nothing you already spent the first initial you know yeah
1: and luckily like I worked at low card so I just rented a, like a like a little shelving unit basically enough space to have a little company in the warehouse for like basically nothing, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: And we just did it out of there. And, uh, eventually it was just too much and I was working too much and I just, I had to decide like real career, like hobby skate company, basically.
0: Yeah. That must be hard just to like stop. Cause you're in the inertia of doing it for so long, you know, like to like switch it up and just,
1: yeah. Yeah. It was it was good, but I think I was I was just burnt out. I was ready. I was like, whatever, like I did what I could. I can't afford to hire people to do this stuff. Like it is what it is. Like Yeah. How I long of a, my, put my energy somewhere else, you know?
0: How long of a run did you get?
1: We did four years, I think.
0: Damn, that's solid. That's like four years of school, bro.
1: Yeah, basically.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: and <laughs> uh so the whole time I was doing the stage lighting stuff and shit, what happened? I had just just uh, heard about the Santa Cruz job it was like basically like right after Andrew Cannon got there. Yeah. And uh, I just hit up Andrew and I was just like, hey dude, like, you know, kind of miss working in skating. Like heard there's a job over there, like, down to talk about it if you are and he was like oh yeah cool yeah fucking come to nhs you know and this is probably like maybe a year after we stopped doing paradise maybe yeah a year or two and uh i wasn't skating that much i was just working a lot maybe skate once a week or something the most you know and uh Went met Andrew, we talked about it. And then like a couple weeks went by, we talked about it again. And uh, I got hired and I just started working for Santa Cruz. And it was fucking awesome, you know, I was stoked.
0: Dude, that's so heavy. Like that's definitely like uh, people's dream job is to be able to work in skateboarding for mm-hmm. a brand that's been around for over 30
1: years. Like- what was funny was, uh, so when they hired Andrew, I was also interviewed for the job Andrew got.
0: <laughs> nice. <laughs> I was also
1: interviewed I've been interviewed at NHS like six times for different things. Damn. And it was the team manager one that stuck.
0: That's a good I was, one.
1: I was interviewed to be uh indie team manager b- before they had Rhino. Yep. But they hired Rhino because he was more connected with Rasher and took photos and stuff. And I was just the team manager. I didn't film or anything like that, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Which later on, I ended up becoming a filmer and filming and editing and all that kind of shit, you know?
0: I love that stuff.
1: Yeah. And uh, so I didn't get that job. And I got interviewed to be the brand manager. And then Andrew got that job. And then later on down the line, I got the job being the team manager. Yeah, that's sick.
0: What was the team at the time? Yeah.
1: <sighs> It was uh basically the same guys that are there, you know, like not like the newer dudes, like not like Mario or any of those guys, but it was uh E-Man, this guy Josh Borden, Dresson, Jason Jesse, Tom Knox, uh Asta, fucking uh this guy Mikey Curtis, he was like a Santa Cruz local. He had been on and off Santa Cruz for like 10 years at that time. Yep like he was a little kid and uh i don't know they basically hired me and they wanted to rebuild the team so i found like they had already been like flowing um kevin braun and dylan williams yep dylan so groups. we worked on getting them full on the team filming a video for them and eric Winkowski. yep so those were the first three guys that i got got on a the team they had already been flowed a little bit but needed to like take the next little step you know yeah and then the next guys were mario mccoy henry Gartland, jeremy nibs and uh fabiana nice and those were the next like group of people i brought in which is now like their main fucking team you know
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: And all of them are pretty – they're all pro now and shit, which is cool. I'm stoked. It sucks I wasn't there to, like, turn them pro because I only worked at any – I only worked for Santa Cruz for about two and a half years. That seems like my theme. Two and (laughs) a half years, and then I move on, you know, from the skate thing. Yeah. This time I was let go. It's the first time I was ever let go from any job in my life.
0: Oh, crazy, crazy. Yeah,
1: by Andrew Cannon, too. It was – it was at the time it was like bah, but now it's like funny I was like ah oh, andrew fired me that's hilarious <laughs> son of a <laughs> bitch <laughs> you know uh... like i don't care it's like i i don't know like if i deserved it or if i what what exactly happened but they were just bummed on like i think i gave the guys too much freedom yeah 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 you know like they wanted us because this is like, so we went to Spain for like three weeks. And my thing is, once we're done skating, I don't really give a fuck what you want to do. Like, if you want to go eat with a as a group and we go team dinner, cool. If everyone wants, wants to go eat wherever and do their own fucking thing, like, I don't fucking care. We're done skating. You did your job for the day. Like, go do whatever. Yeah. And I don't think they were like too psyched on that. They wanted more of like the team, like exclusive team dinners every night and this and that and it's like some guys are vegan some guys want mcdonald's some guys want this it's like i give the guys per diem so they could just go freely go eat what they want yeah yeah that makes sense to me you know it's like you pulled up at a place that has 10 restaurants and it's like all right we have an hour meet back at the van and like two dudes go eat vegan two guys go to fucking mcdonald's five guys go get pizza it's like just the way it is
0: Yeah, there's, like, a time and place. Like, sometimes it's more practical to approach it that way, you know?
1: Yeah, and, like, we're in Spain. It's, like, some guys, like, just want to eat at the same place every day because it's, like, the food you're comfortable with. Yeah, was that guy? Some guys, like, really want to go explore and eat some fancy-ass shit, and other dudes don't have the money to do that.
0: Yeah, true.
1: You know, you got your top-paid fucking pro with, like, the am who's getting kibbles.
0: Yeah, yeah, true.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know? I do. I was at Am for a long time, dude. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and they're going to eat steak and lobster, and you're like, I'll, I'm going to Burger King, dudes. And there's always that
0: one dude that's like, I need to spend this all on weed and beer. And I don't like, I don't care about that meal. Yeah. Looking, I mean, ramen, after, dude.
1: You know, so I think that like they were like, bummed. I that's kind of letting the guys have like freedom to do whatever. I don't care what you do after we're done skating, just skate. And if you don't get too fucked up so you can't skate the next day, that's all I ask. That sounds like a solid team manager. Uh, and I'm not going to bitch stuff. and fucking go after you until your partying becomes a problem with your skating. Yeah. You know, or you just do something really stupid that I have to try to fucking, you know, correct. <laughs> yeah. But- and stuff like I've had some bad incidents so we won't get into it because the people that did them are really cool and everybody knows them, but.
0: Well, it just goes back to the beginning of the podcast where we said that, you know, you make the
1: mistakes, like people make mistakes. Yeah. And then you got to go back and you got to. But nowadays you can go back and like have a conversation with someone and not kick them off the fucking company. Yeah. True. True. Like, you know, they could have been like, hey, Nick, T-Bone, yo, while you're in public, keep it cool. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, uh we had a lot of shops around like you guys got to kind of keep it mellow, when we have like clients around, you know, like just basic shit. Yeah. 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 You know, Santa Cruz was like the biggest like travel budget I've ever had to work with. And like the most diverse team of like from young people to fucking classic pros and just all styles of skating. Like we could just go anywhere and any of the dudes could just fucking do anything, you know?
0: yeah that team the team alone is so insane all those guys ripped
1: like mm-hmm. it's insane dude you know and like getting like work with like jeff kendall and people like that like i have a picture of me standing next to jeff kendall when i'm like eight years old damn that's Got a fucking wild. demo in florida you know and then like 20 years later he's like my boss you know
0: that's so sick to hear though because like uh being like younger and thinking it's possible if people like if skaters actually work hard and like stick and focus on skating that it's possible that you could start something that employs people and gives people opportunity to travel and, and then yeah. it's the titles that you know it it's not the main goal to be pro but like just having the pro board and having that art created and work all that work together to to create something is
1: like like i love all the behind the scenes shit and then you actually get like the sample and you're like oh shit i'm holding it yeah you know totally but yeah, yeah after that uh spain trip about a month later you know he came in sat me down kind of explained stuff and you know it is what it is and you but the best thing is that they didn't leave me high and dry. I I got a, like a pretty nice fucking severance package. Yeah, nice. You know, like, because at the time, still working for Santa Cruz, doing all that traveling and all that shit, I still did event lighting. If I was in San Francisco and I wasn't on a trip and not skating, I was taking jobs doing event lighting still. Yeah. I was and then, like, no offense to NHS, but like, I live in one of the most expensive cities in the world. What I was getting paid was like barely paying my monthly bills. And then I'm working a second job to like, for my extra income to like, you know, eat well and fucking live right, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's good that you have that work ethic, man. And I've, you know, I've just, I've always pretty much had that like, when we were like young, like me, Rosa and Buchanan, we'd go do landscaping with Buchanan's dad for like three weeks, like he took care of this big uh, apartment complex. And we'd work for three weeks, make enough money to travel for a month, and then we would come back and work for three weeks. back, <laughs> You know, so it was like always something like instilled in us to like, earn a little money, go earn a little money, go. Yeah, that's the way to do
0: it, man. It's good that you kept your focus and you f- focused on skating, but you weren't above hard work and thinking someone had to do it for you or that you needed a sponsor or whatever. Like- I
1: mean, in my 20s, I was definitely not trying to work. You know what I get I'm saying? That. Yeah, I get that. And it wasn't until the event lighting thing where you make really fucking good money right when you start. And that just flipped. And I was like, I can make, you know... an hour to start yeah (laughs) and and the way that the stuff works is you get paid for 10 hours right no matter what so if I go into a job and it only takes us three hours to set up I'm walking out with 10 hours of pay whether I'm working 10 hours or not damn that's nice it's a guaranteed day rate no matter how long it fucking takes yeah that's good to have man then if you work over 10 you're gonna get paid Overtime, you know. Well that's how it was back then. Now it's there's all these new labor laws and it's it's like we're employees now and we only do you know, it's it's crazy. Like they changed everything up. So now it's like we get before we were ten ninety nine and I always was ten ninety nine. Yeah. My entire life until two years ago when they changed the laws here. That's crazy. But if they didn't change the laws here, I would have never got like like health insurance and been able to get unemployment insurance now when we were in the spine, you know, like all that kind of shit. So
0: Oh, that so that's why they changed it from from the ten ninety nine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Sick. Well that like, I'm glad well, it's working. People working right because so I was like, You're busting your ass for these people, but like they're not doing anything for you, you know? Yeah. They're not taking care of you. So, this is a way where they make it mandatory that, like, you get health coverage and it sucks. You get your taxes taken out <laughs> before it was like right off your goddamn whole life and like barely paying taxes, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's insane. That's good though, but because this last 20, the last two, three, four years have been so crazy in life that it's like people don't know, like, where they're going to be or how to pay their bills like so much heavy shit just happened to everybody at once you know i mean
1: i was just so lucky that I, i had the event lighting and then during the time of santa cruz i also started working on like photo sets and movie sets commercials and started doing like prop styling yeah and uh i was doing big event power distribution like fucking running like these Shine generators, fucking Metallica concerts and shit, like gnarly stuff. That sounds sick. (laughs) It's pretty nuts. (laughs) But now I've completely moved into only photo studio work. Rad. Which is really cool. So you're just shooting
0: like product or models or both? I do. uh,
1: So what had happened is I was after Santa Cruz, I started working freelance for like a bunch of different places. Like whatever, I have so many friends that do this stuff now. It's like the after skater job, basically. (laughs) Nice. Out here, at least. So I work, I do event lighting. I go fucking work in photo studios. Just whatever I could do. And uh, I built like these set walls. Freelance for my buddy. We built all these set walls for Old Navy. And uh, I'm bringing, we're delivering the set walls to Old Navy. Fucking open the door and it's Rick Abaceta. He's the head guy at the fucking photo studio. Whoa. Remember Rick Abaceta, the old new deal, pro? Yeah. Yeah. The nineties. That's wild. He like opens the door and he's all like Nick. And I'm like, Rick, (laughs) what the fuck? (laughs) You know, like no idea that we did the same thing.
0: That's so crazy.
1: Yeah. So, uh, we deliver the things I'm, you know, get Rick's info. I hadn't seen him in like years. And, uh, he hit me up and he's like, hey, we're looking for a, a new like studio photo assistant here. And I'm like, Are you down? I was like, fuck yeah. And uh that was like two years ago, and I've been pretty much working there almost full time ever since.
0: Wow, that's awesome, dude. That's so crazy. Skateboarding.
1: Yeah, it's uh so it's Gap, Old Navy, Banana Republic, Athleta. It's like their whole umbrella. And we shoot all their, uh, like in-house studio work. They have another team that does like the marketing for like on-site stuff, like out of the studio.
0: Yeah.
1: So, uh, depending on what the shoot is, I do different stuff. Like if it's on figure when we're shooting the models, I'm just a photo assistant and I'm basically there to concentrate on the lighting and like, might like we, like, trick out, like, the shadows and, like, put all these little, like, different things in to make it look cool.
0: Yeah, like some filters and whatnot.
1: Yeah, we have all these different, like, cutouts we use to cast shadows over the model's face and, like, cool little things. But, like, in between every shot, it's, like, I go do my thing, make sure the lighting's right, they shoot the next model. She goes, changes her outfit. And while she's changing, I'm, like, changing the background a little bit. So I'll do that a bunch. And then if we're shooting lay down, I'm um, more hands-on with the camera, changing the angles, doing everything. I have to save and process everything on the shoot. It's like uh, digital tech is what they call it. Yeah. Uh, photo assisting and digital tech. Nice. At the same time. It's kind of a it's a lot, but it it's got a higher rate and it's cool. Like you're more hands-on, like doing shit. It's good
0: that it's good that you got into photography then.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I wasn't like, I always like, I'd say street photography, like I never fucked with flashes and shit. I always did natural lighting photography. It was another, like never really messed with the flashes. So when I got, I always did stage lighting. So with lighting like stage is a complete opposite of lighting photo like photo. Like in skateboarding the photographer you know they put the light directly onto the skateboarder yeah, yeah in like fashion photography you always bounce the light off something you'll never ever put direct light onto somebody yeah and in stage lighting it's all direct light so it's like
0: it's like a contrast like, between what you could do and it could probably challenge you a bit
1: <laughs> yeah so it's It was like a whole new thing. It's like, oh, I want to hit the person behind me, but I got to shoot in front of me. Yeah. The light, you know, and I'm bouncing off of this fucking giant reflector card. And like, it was like a whole little process to figure out, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: I don't think you never, you never see fucking out skating. He's like bringing out a V flat. Like, let me bounce the sunlight onto the (laughs) rail so I get your face right. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's more portrait stuff. Like if you went out and shot a portrait with someone and they brought out. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man.
1: Yeah, so it's cool. It's, I like it. It's good work, and it's it's always different and interesting, you know.
0: Yeah, which is important in a job because the repetitive same stuff every day can kill you too, you know.
1: Yeah, and that's why I like the stage lighting. It was always different. We had different bands, different event venues, you know.
0: Yeah. So you so you've been able to skate lately, though. You've been shredding. That's good. Just staying busy out there.
1: Did it freeze? Time. Weekend warrior, basically. <laughs> that's a couple months.
0: Yeah, nice. That's that's kind of me too. I try I've been working like Monday through Friday and then Saturday and Sunday trying to get free to catch a session. Even if I can't skate, I'll try to go film
1: or edit something related to yeah. skating,
0: you know? Like
1: Yeah, I usually get out on like Saturday and Sunday. If I'm off during the week, I'll I'll definitely go skating unless my wife's off work and then uh usually though like Saturdays sometimes wife day so like if it's wife day I go skate at like eight in the morning I'm home by noon to like go do what we got to do you know
0: yeah that's a good
1: schedule though <laughs> you know like I'll go up and skate wake up hella early and go skate by myself like, I don't give a shit yeah I just want to be out skating and I don't care if my friends are there or if I'm alone of course it's better when they're there but not many people you can call and be like meet me at the courthouse at 9 a.m bro
0: (laughs) so true i've always i've always been like really lucky because i live near this uh indoor skate park and it's Mm -hmm. massive it's like 30,000 square feet indoor park and uh people go there so i could go at any time and i can skate by myself because it's big enough that if i want to skate by myself or there's always someone there like yeah if you feel like like meeting someone or one of your homies there like it's just a nice starting spot you know yeah that's clutch to have
1: yeah i mean i think that's why like during covid i was just like i was like this is never gonna happen again i'm gonna skate as much as i fucking possibly can and i'm gonna see what the fuck i can get away with
0: yeah (laughs) yeah yeah that's awesome
1: like i would just think of tricks that are like combos i've never done or like learn a new trick and then all right well i learned fakie back tail let me can i big spin out can i shove it out can i kick flip out i always just basically just beat the trick to death and do whatever i could out of it and then i just move on to the next trick you know
0: yeah that's fucking sick man especially because like skating has propelled you in life and gave you a lot of cool opportunities and like it's the act of skating that kept that fire going so to get that free time to just have fun and indulge and work on things that you had in your mind is like the best.
1: Yeah. I don't, I actually don't even know what happened. It was like one day I just did a new trick and I was like, Oh, that kind of felt cool. I've never, I haven't had that feeling in a long time because I I'd kind of like stopped pushing myself for like a couple of years. Like the whole time I, I did Santa Cruz, I barely skated. Like it was, I was, just, I just didn't have any, like, right i was i guess it was because i worked in it every day i was just like yeah it's not as fun to like do it myself now you know and you wouldn't be able to do that job
0: as well if you're always if you're trying to skate as much like you almost have Mm -hmm. to put it on the back burner to
1: actually focus on the task at hand you know yeah Then it would be like i would skate like during the week sometimes and like post something on instagram and then like someone at nhs would be like If he's out skating all the time, like, how is he working? And I have to be like, well, um, is my work not getting done? And he'd be like, no, you're doing your work great. I'm like, then what does it matter what time I do my work? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> so can skate true. all day. And if I work from eight at night to three in the morning and my work's finished on time, it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, and actually, if you catch that session, you're probably going to work harder at skateboarding just because you actually are still connected to, like, sweating and your heart, you know? yeah and doing it like because that for me man like i work my ass off in skating like um and it's because of those sessions that i want to do it i'm like yeah Mm -hmm. like i i'll go do like skate with my homie chloe or anders or these like young dudes and they're all loving skating and they're just stoked on everything going on and they're ready for the next events and like they're just like excited and then like. Sometimes I'll film too much or sometimes I'll work too much. And then I'll just go and be like, you know what? Like, I just need to go catch a session and then yeah. I'll go like sweat. Even if I know I'm not trying that hard, but, and then I just skate with them. And then the flyers there again, you're like, okay, I can go a while without skating and go focus back on the emails and all the bullshit that it takes, you know, but those sessions are so crucial, man. They are. Yeah.
1: You know, and it's like now I appreciate skating so much more because I work a real job or it's like anytime I can get to go skate now, it's like I try to take advantage of it, you know? Yeah. Like and especially like I'm fucking 42. It's like I don't know how long I'm going to be able to like pull the shit I'm pulling off right now. <laughs> it's like I don't want to waste time. Like I want to see like can I keep pushing myself or I know one day it's going to be like I can't do the shit i was capable of doing before yeah like i'm not ready like i can't i used to be able to you know mildly jump down shit i can't jump down fucking anything anymore <laughs> you know what i'm saying i just collapse if it's like higher than waist high
0: i'm I'm right there with you man it's really because you know you're gonna do damage so you're just like is it worth it like should i just not you know yeah. and it's hard to let go with that like because like, I, I skated a lot of big handrails in my day on, yeah. like, sketchy gaps and shit, and, like, it's an adrenaline thing, and then, like, you're challenging yourself, and then, like, and then it's just, like, diminishing returns at some point where you're like, dude, I know I can do it, but also there's so much damage that comes with this that it's, like... Yeah. And I'm, I got so much other responsibilities at, too, you know? Like that's just mm-hmm. us getting old, you know? <laughs> yeah. Lucky us
1: though. <laughs> and I mean, I guess I'm just having more fun too because it's like I'm just skating for myself. I don't have sponsors. I don't fucking film for real videos. I don't do – I just go skate and like we fucking put our camera on a tripod and like we just see what we can get away with. Yeah. And there's like a group of like five or six of us every day that we're just like – they're you know all younger so it's like i'm like the old dude there trying to keep up with these fucking kids oh, i know that feeling well dude yeah you know
0: it's like you know that with santa cruz and being a team manager you watch kids go through what you've been through like a version of it yeah. you know and you're like oh it's so cool to see and then, i mean
1: it's kind of cool though i'm like my skate crew like everyone's over 30. oh sick <laughs> you know and it's like uh then everyone's skating better than they've ever skated in their lives that's so good to hear
0: dude for real it's crazy that's so you know, sick you like, don't
1: like really i don't really skate with like a lot of people in the industry anymore like i there's still all my friends and shit but it's like i just go to skate with like a couple of my friends i've known for years they're all kind of like old filmers or like they were for thrasher like they just they're still kind of in it but they don't like care yeah, yeah. And everyone's just there to skate and like, because they love it and they want to have fun. And there's nothing else. Like, none of us are there to be like, oh my God, I want to get sponsored or like, get this clip on Insta or like this or that. You know, it's just like, like what can we get away with today? Like, yesterday we did switch crook, you know, fakey flip, switch crook. Can yeah. Switch group, fakey flip, <laughs> you know, like, it's so uh... all like in a group, just kind of try a bunch of like random shit and see if you can get away with it.
0: Yeah, it's like come full circle back to the beginning. Mm -hmm. That's awesome, dude. Well, Nick, dude, I think that's a good spot to stop right there. Right on. Yeah, I appreciate you being down for this, man.
1: Yeah, it's fun, dude.
0: You ever been on a podcast before?
1: Uh, Just one. The Scotty the Bodies thing for the border.
0: Oh, that's way sick, dude. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's the
1: first one. (laughs) Well, I was really against being in front of a camera for... The entire time of me skateboarding. (laughs) Basically. Yeah. Like talking to a camera. Like, yeah. I don't think there's any footage of me in front of a camera talking until I worked for Santa Cruz because that they wanted that. Yeah. And I think that's another reason. Like, I wasn't willing to be like a character in front of the camera. Yeah. You know, and like Andrew's really comfortable in front of the camera, and like uh Eric Palazzolo, the guy that got that took over my job when I left.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, he's really comfortable in front of the camera. So that's kind of what they wanted. I I think I was like their like get their shit together guy. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I wasn't hundred percent what they needed. And yeah. they found that with Eric. He's a little bit younger, a little bit more go-getter, not as you know, I'm an old fucking hard-headed dude. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> That's fine. It's like, uh, if that's the direction they need to go, that's the direction you need to go. And it's, uh, I, I get that dude, like being in front of a camera and having to like do something you're not like inclined to want to do naturally is just like, that's one of those things you have to like deal with, you know, like, even for me, yeah. like I have this podcast and I do a YouTube channel and, uh, I've been doing a lot of stuff for a long time, but like, my inclination is to just be the kid skating the curb and like probably like trying to get over some emotions, you know? So it's not to be like, Hey, like, look at this and that. And like, like it's weird, man. Like it depends on your personality type too. Like I, I always wonder what I would have been like if I didn't go through like crazy shit at a young age, like losing my father and my mom's drug addiction. I don't know what I was. Cause that happened. My father passed when I was 12. And then I became like uh, I went inward because I had so much shit to think about, you know, like I just like and I was like vulnerable. So I went inward. So I don't know if I'm a naturally uh, extroverted or introverted person, you know, there's personality tests out there that I should take. Or I I hear people take like personality tests to let you know, like what you're what you are, you know, because it's hard to pay attention and be like, what do I actually enjoy
1: doing? You know, I know. Right. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy.
0: Yeah, yeah yeah crazy um yeah thanks man uh i appreciate this and uh this was so much fun dude so if you're down man let's uh give it a little bit of time and then we'll pick back up because i feel like me and you could talk about anything
1: and there's endless stories that'll just keep popping up you know i know i didn't even get into like the crazy team manager mishaps oh round <laughs> we'll do round two then for sure oh, yeah i got some fucking funny ass stories <laughs> about to do.
0: i used to ride for phantom so you remember phantom right
1: I know, we used to call it Dark Star Phantom Menace.
0: <laughs> Dude, all right. Well, fuck yeah, Nick. Thank you. And uh we'll do round two,
1: one hundred percent. Sounds good, man. Get all that-